press the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app to get daily updates from the front. From the Journalist of the Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Kristen Abiot. It's Friday, January 6. The Albanese government has struck a deal with the business sector to help Australians with disability enter the workforce. Social Services Minister Amanda Rishworth said tackling high unemployment among people with disability is a priority for the government this year and could save taxpayers as much as $20 billion per year. It forms part of a broader plan to provide job opportunities to 250,000 job-ready Australians and could see the funding criteria for disability service employment providers overhauled. A so-called ISIS bride repatriated to Australia in October was arrested by the Australian Federal Police yesterday. Mariam Rad was married to ISIS recruiter Mohammed Zahab and has been residing in Young in New South Wales with her four children since returning to the country late last year. Police have alleged Rad travelled to Syria willingly and was aware of her husband's activities. She's been charged with entering an area controlled by the terror group. It's been a challenging few years for Australia's aged care sector and new data shows things are getting worse and fast. In today's episode, what's driving massive financial losses in aged care and the toll it's taking on the people it's designed to serve? Australia's aged care homes are in a financial death spiral with a new report showing 70% of homes are operating at a financial loss and it's putting the care of some of our nation's most vulnerable people in jeopardy. Stephen Lunn is the Australian's social affairs editor and he joins me now. Lunny, how badly are Australia's aged care homes going through it right now? Kristen, the financial performance of nursing home operators is really plummeting. Since last year in the September quarter when aged care providers were losing $7.30 per bed per day, they're now seeing losses of around $21.29 per bed per day. Now, this is a really serious financial position to be in. Even in June of 2022, facilities were losing $14.67 per bed per day, and that was seen at putting them at a crisis point. So you can see that things are continuing to decline for aged care providers, and inevitably that means issues for those homes where they have to start choosing on how they provide care to their residents. And what's causing that crunch? Operators will say that they're not receiving enough funding from the federal government for aged care. Federal government is responsible for funding aged care. In 2021, the Morrison government added $10 a day per bed for every aged care home to try and improve the quality of care. This came as a result of the Aged Care Royal Commission's damning report into the quality of residential aged care. It's the inquiry we needed to have. It's well considered, it's honest, it's positive, it's compassionate, it's comprehensive, it's candid, it's passionate, it's ambitious. But even that hasn't helped stop this decline in the financial performance of providers. They say they're now having to choose between providing services such as allied health care and surviving as a home. This is a pretty dire turnaround from 2018 when most aged care homes were making a profit. Does it matter if our aged care homes are profitable? 
aged care providers have something of a reputation as being, you know, wealthy fat cats that are driving around in Maseratis. And it's really not the case for the vast majority of providers. In fact, you could count on one hand the number of providers that are in in that boat. Many are not-for-profit providers. So many are, are really right at the financial edge and under threat of potentially having to close. And that causes significant difficulty with what to do with our elderly in areas where there's thin markets and there's no other option for them to go. I've spoken with the head of the Peak Provider Advocacy Group, which is the Aged and Community Care Providers Association. And he's of the view that providers have been under that financial gun for about the last five years, that they can't keep going forever, losing money. Cost of living has bitten as hard for them as anyone. And they're having to basically utilise any reserves they've had to pay wages, pay the utility bills. There are beds that are closing and there are increasing numbers of nursing homes that are shutting up shop. You said that it's the federal government's responsibility to fund aged care. Do they have a plan to turn this around? They do. They're implementing the Royal Commission recommendations. The Labor government have come in and implemented quite a number. We choose to pay for better aged care and better wages for those giving care. This budget invests more than $2.5 billion to put nurses back into nursing homes improve the quality of food and respond to the recommendations of the Royal Commission. They've created a new funding mechanism. It's a complex funding mechanism, but it's designed to meet individual needs more. It's just that there's a crunch at the moment and there's a question of whether or not the funding, even under the new ANAC model, as they call it, will be sufficient to sort of get past to the current real financial crisis that the sector finds itself in. Stay with us. After the break, Stephen Lund explains how the government plays catch-up on aged care. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents... We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Lunny, the aged care business model is clearly racked with problems. Is there an alternative way to provide care for older Australians? There's a call from a number in the sector for an urgent cash injection from the federal government. But there's also suggestions that older Australians who can afford it are asked to pay more for elements of their aged care. There's a suggestion that people should be required to pay more of the accommodation costs in their residential aged care and for their daily living costs, things like laundry, cleaning, etc., things that they may have had to have covered in their own homes and leave the government part of the cost of care itself. Obviously, there needs to be some 
consideration of equity in that space and those who can't afford to provide more shouldn't be required to. But there are a lot of people who probably can afford to be funding more of their own aged care and there's a call to re-examine that element of the aged care funding model. Something the Stuart Brown financial report found was that occupancy rates are falling fast. Do we know why that is and are there any other forces at play that are making this really difficult for aged care providers right now? There certainly are. I don't think COVID has been too kind to residential aged care. There are outbreaks of COVID very well publicised in aged care facilities and because the residents were elderly and vulnerable, many died. So that was a difficult time for aged care providers. The other element, of course, for aged care is that people generally want to remain living in their own homes for as long as possible and funding from government is tending to look to support that. There's been big jumps in the number of home care packages that are being offered to older people to try and allow them to stay living in their own homes with services provided in those homes. So both of those are contributing to a potential decline in the occupancy rates of residential aged care. Will be said though that aged care providers are probably banking on just the broad, raw demographics of Australia, that their population is ageing, that there's greater numbers of Australians heading into their 80s and 90s and that eventually, despite their hopes to stay in their own home as long as possible, many will need the services of residential aged care. So those providers are really banking on on the demographics. Lani, Australia, like many other nations, and as as you've just said, has an ageing population and we've clearly failed to keep pace with the funding that's required to provide effective aged care for decades now. Is the government ever likely to catch up given how bad things have gotten? It's just such a costly sector. People are getting older. There's more people that need to be serviced. So it is a bit of a conundrum for the government. It's one of the government's biggest spending commitments each year. Funding is continuing to rise, but I think taxpayers accept that there's a need for the government to look after our nation's oldest and most vulnerable. We'll all be in that space one day or we have relatives that are there or close to being there now. So I think it's a funding commitment that is accepted by the taxpayer. The costs will continue to rise as our population rises. And I think it will just be part of the broader tax mix that is required by the federal government to deliver. The government point out that just this financial year, residential aged care funding will increase by 12%. These are big figures that they're spending. They're spending $16.4 billion this year alone on residential aged care. If we want higher standards of care, we need to support higher wages for our carers. We know if we want to recruit and retain more carers to look after a population that's growing older, we need to treat their vital and essential work with respect and reward it with better pay. So talking about a lot of money costs a lot of money, but I think that it's something that taxpayers prepared to have the government spend money on. Stephen Lunn is The Australian's social affairs editor. You can read that story as well as all our journalism anytime at theaustralian.com.au. 
Access a world of true crime podcasts on Crimex Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.